Well, good morning, Sunrise. My name is Greg, and I get to be the one who shares uh, God's Word with you. And I must admit that this is not what I had planned when I, I got the chance to write this sermon. And so, uh, but I'm grateful that God provides a way for us to just do ministry no matter what the circumstance. And so I am thankful that uh, I can set this all up in my house and thankful that I can uh, still bring God's message to you. And so even though I don't get to be with you in person, I pray that uh, you guys can still receive from it in the same way. And so uh, before we get started, I just want to pray with you because um, I need it. I feel, uh, yeah, in a place that it's like, yeah, everything's crazy. But uh, so let's pray. God, I thank you so much just that uh, you always provide a way. God, you always show up just on the right time. And so, God, I pray that you uh, show up right now. God, that you would show up uh, just as I'm giving this message and also as everyone receives this message. God, that this could be a moment that we get to uh, share. God, and we thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God, you your work continues far beyond anything we could ever expect or um, imagine. And so... I uh, just uh, pray that you would help each person to uh, quiet their inner monologue and uh, be able to uh, just focus in on your word, your story today, God. And I pray that for myself as well, God, that people wouldn't hear me or, or see me, God, but they would simply just see you and remember your words of truth, God. So thank you that you use imperfect people like us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, well, it was a couple months ago, uh, but I had a really, really crazy night, um, and what I mean by that is I was staying up late uh, with my brother and we were playing games online and uh, it was about one o'clock as I was being a responsible adult and headed to bed and, <laughs> and I, as I was headed to bed I noticed that my wife uh, was having contractions and I kind of noticed it and was taking note and trying to time it out with her and and they were a good amount of time apart, and so I went and took a shower, and then I just could tell after, you know, after a bit, I could tell that this this was going to be the day. I wasn't sure how, when, or maybe it was the night, or when we would go, but today was going to be the day. And so I decided, eh, I'm going to go ahead and get everything ready. I'm going to uh, put all the supplies we need by the door, and uh, I went to go, and I was about to go make myself some coffee, and uh, before I did that... Uh, I went to go get my phone, and as I did, I noticed Cheryl was having a, a big contraction at that moment. And so I was like, oh, I better, you know, we'll time this out. So I'll listen to this one and then the next one. And then all of a sudden, um, at the next contraction, her water broke. And the entire night changed. Uh, all my plans, all what I was thinking, how easy it's going, how slow paced this would all go, completely went out the window. Um, and all of a sudden it was, let's, let's get to the car, let's get the boys. And so that's what we did. Uh, I ran to the room and woke up our other two boys and with, I'm sure a much more panicked, uh, look than I wanted to project. I said, gotta go. Mom's gotta go to the hospital. And so, uh, they got ready, uh, kind of, I mean, Titus ran out of the house with only one shoe on, uh, and, and, and we, we got to the car though in record speed for our family. And uh, Cheryl went and got cleaned up and I got all the stuff in the car and we were in that car in, in record time. But all of a sudden we realized that Cheryl's contraction, contractions, which were, you know, a good you know, five to four minutes apart when we last timed it before her water broke, were now much faster. And so uh, all of a sudden she was having them about every 90 seconds. And then as we were headed down West Street at a very... Uh, fast pace, uh, he started to be every minute. 
uh, and oh my goodness, we, we were hauling. And all of a sudden she's saying, I, 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 I'm feeling that urge. I, 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 I need to push. And I was like, D don't do that. <laughs> and so we're hauling to Kuwait Delta. We're on, we live on the west side of Tulare. And so we're flying that direction. And uh, I'm starting to think, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to deliver this child. He, he's coming. And then I'm starting to think, man, how much is therapy going to cost for my two boys in the back who are now going to have to watch uh, their father and mother deliver this other child and and I'm pretty sure this is going to scar them I'm pretty sure we're not getting grandkids out of this you know <laughs> we're leaving some lasting damage here but by the time I have kind of started to just give this all to God in a sense uh, we were there we pulled up to Cuya Delta and we parked right in front their parking lot's all a mess right now but we parked and we we're just like whatever and I jumped out because Cheryl had just told me I don't think I can walk in there and so I parked and and jumped out of the car and ran inside um, but I didn't tell her that I was going to go get a wheelchair for her. She just sees her frantic and panicked husband park the car in front of the emergency entrance and then just run inside without her. And so she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I found a security guard, asked him for help, uh, and, and all that. And, and all of a sudden we, we got to get her up there. So she, she made her way up into the room. And I handed off the boys to my mom, who I had called along the way uh, and said, meet us at the hospital. And after, uh, you know, finally helping everyone who we met at the hospital realize how urgent this, uh, this delivery was coming, um, all of a sudden we were in the room. And, and it was crazy because, you know, I'm going up there, you know, she got up there first, I'm right behind her. And as I enter the room, I see his head. I see the top of his head and I was like, whoa. And maybe a few minutes later, he's on her chest. It was the craziest experience. Um, I, I remember just sitting there looking at him like, what, what just happened? In fact, that was what we said to each other for like the next 24 to two weeks after. We would just look at each other. Cheryl and myself would look at each other and just say, what in the world just happened? Like we, this is kid number three. Like we, we thought we had the plan. We kind of knew how this thing should work, but no, <laughs> not at all. And so then it, it's been, even now, I, I must say there are moments that Cheryl and I will look at each other and we just shake our head and say, man, that could have gone wrong in so many different ways. Now, it's maybe with that experience that I've had that I look now at Luke 2 with maybe fresh new eyes and a new perspective. Uh, and, and it's the, the story of the birth of Jesus. Uh, and I have to say, as I look at Mary and Joseph, I, I have to say I look at it with a little more panic behind it, a little more urgency behind it. Um, and so I want you to turn to Luke 2. We're going to start at verse 4, and we're going to kind of just work our way through uh, this story. And I think that there's so much for the, us to, to grasp in this story. Um, so let's, let's read that together. Um, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest rooms available to them. 
Now, there was nothing normal about the way Jesus entered the world uh, from heaven. Uh, the fact that uh, his his uh, coming to existence, even in Mary, uh, was miraculous. You know, she had uh, she was a virgin. She she there was no way for her to be pregnant, and and all of a sudden, boom! By the power of the Holy Spirit, she's with child. And uh, you know, Joseph had every right had every right to to go ahead and divorce her, to leave her, to break off the engagement. But uh, the angel came and, and shared what, what was happening in Mary's life and, and totally changed everything that they were planning. And so they have all this knowledge about who this baby is supposed to be, about this message, this miraculous birth that Mary just had. And, and I have to imagine, you know, they have all this swimming in their head, but then the time comes to give birth. All the time, sort of, uh, it's it's go time, right? And and uh, you know, I'm sure that she had an idea of how this would go uh, to give birth, but uh, I am pretty sure that uh, having a baby in the barn was not a part of her birth plan. I don't think that that's the way she was dreaming that it would go. Uh, they do that out of desperation. It was just, it's here or the street. What are we going to do? And so they go in there and they give birth. And out of pure exhaustion after that experience, which and now seeing uh, Shrill do it three times, uh, is sure exhaustion. <laughs> and so uh, they, they place Jesus in the manger. That's a, that's a little place where uh, the animals would normally have eaten their food uh, from. And so this is not just some nice little, you know, clean, sterile, white, precious, you know, good lighting, keep them warm kind of place. This is dirty. This is, this is not meant to, to hold a baby. Uh, but they place them there because that's what they have to do at that time. And I have to imagine there had to be at least a question, a, a seed of doubt there to say, what what is what are we doing with this child? Are, are we really able to to be the parents that God is calling us to be? Are we really able to to do what God is calling us to do? Are we failing this child? Uh, I have to imagine that all those those questions are stirring in them as as they stare at this this child and stare at their situation and and wonder, are we missing it? Are we messing it up? But but something else is happening while this is happening. And we're going to look at that in verse 8 of Luke 2. Because something uh, a little bit farther off, we see someone celebrating in an awesome way. And this is what's happening. Uh, Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appear with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, what the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary 
treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So in the midst of this crazy birthing experience that Mary and Joseph just go through, God is doing what any normal father would do. He's, he is just worshiping. He's celebrating. He's so excited. He, he's having a worship session in heaven, uh, so much so that he invites just random people to join into him. Uh, these shepherds were no one special. They, they weren't like they were a part of any kind of lineage. They weren't the Pharisees. They had no religious connection. It's just that God had to share the news with somebody. He was so excited about Jesus, his son, being born. And that's exactly the same way that any normal father is, right? I mean, uh, when our, our kids are born, we, we can't help ourselves. We want to show random strangers, hey, uh, I know you're right in front of me in line, but hey, check out, this is my son. He was just born. I mean, that's how I felt, leaving the hospital for a moment to, to go grab some lunch. And I just wanted to tell people who were like, you know, hey, how's your day going? I'd be like, I'm having a great day. My son was just born. You want to see him? <laughs> you know, like just that's how I felt. I remember being in Starbucks and that exact thing kind of started to well up inside me. And I was like, no, they don't care. They just want to get you coffee and get you out of here. Um, so that's exactly what's happening, though, with, with God. Is, is he, he, he just shares this news with the shepherds and, and they're blown away. They, they are invited to this moment to, to share in this experience with God and, and the angels are, are worshiping and the glory of God is revealed to them. And after this time, it doesn't say how long this moment was. Was it just a, a couple minutes or if they were there for a while? But after that time, they, they say, we got to see this. We got to go. And so they head into town. And they, and they find Jesus. They find him laying in the manger. And, and they share the news. They share the story with Mary and Joseph saying, this is what we just heard. And I love this because I think that this was uh, one of those moments that uh, two things were happening. See, the first thing was the fact that Jesus should be worshipped. He, he is he's the Messiah. He is God among us. He, it's God coming down and entering uh, the earth's history and, 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 uh, and becoming a man uh, because he is God become a man. And so, so he should be worshipped. He should be glorified. And that's exactly what's happening. But, but I think a second thing is happening as well. See, I think the second thing that's happening is that Joseph and Mary maybe needed this moment. They maybe needed this confirmation because what looked chaotic and sporadic and, and just messy was actually ordained to happen exactly the way it did. I mean, it says in the scripture, in the first testament, Micah 5, 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will rule over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. So even though it looked so crazy and sporadic, there was no rooms for for Mary or Joseph, there was no place for her to give birth that would have been the right place uh, where they were at. But this is a moment where God is saying, no, you are exactly where you were meant to be. This is exactly where I said you would be. And, and, and that's, that's part of what I think he's sharing with them. And I think that's so important for us to understand in the midst of our own lives as well, that God uh, is a God of providence. He's a God who's right on time. Uh, I, and I think that's something that we need to remember. 
In fact, that's exactly uh, what our word is about today. As we look at the Christmas code and we, and we have a word there with our devotionals, uh, he, our God is a God of providence. He's a God who, who says that he's going to do something and he does it in his time and it's on time. It may not be what we were hoping for or the, the timing we thought, but he's exactly on time for what he needs to do. And, and that's what we can look at when it comes to Jesus' birth. And the reality is it doesn't just stop there. I mean, we see this constantly through Jesus' life. You know, he, he's, just, he's, uh, he's uh, doing ministry at just the right moment. Uh, he's inviting people at just the right moment to, to, to stop sinning and to follow him. He does miracles at just the right moment. He raises the dead at just the right moment. He, he, he corrects those who think that they're wise at just the right moment. And then after this amazing three-year, uh, perfectly timed ministry, one night he's betrayed. He's betrayed and, and uh, he has this uh, corrupt trial and he is sentenced to death, death on the cross. And this is something that completely shocked all his followers, even though the First Testament and Jesus himself spoke about this would happen multiple times. And then all of a sudden he dies. And everyone's devastated. They don't know what to do. Everything looks chaotic. Everything looks like the, the thing that was going to go a, a certain direction. He was going to be the Messiah. He was going to be the conquering king. He was going to change everything that they knew. And it was gone. But just on time, three days later, in the midst of everyone giving up, three women go to his tomb to, to, do, uh, to, to grieve and, and do uh, some of the ceremonial things that they would do. And, and all of a sudden, the stone is rolled to the side. And there is a, an angel standing near this empty tomb. And, and they wonder what has happened. They're surprised at this, this moment, even though, again, Jesus said it would happen. And they are told, he is risen. He is risen indeed. And, and, and then not only that, moments later, they get to then see Jesus for themselves. And he gives them words to share with his, their brothers and the, the other Christians at that time. And so they rush and they share this, this surprise that God had ordained to happen at just the right time. Now, it didn't just stop there, though. It didn't just stop with Jesus. Because the same thing just keeps happening. These these timely surprises keep happening because all of a sudden the disciples after seeing Jesus and spending time with him and all of this stuff uh, Jesus is ascended and they are left in a place of wondering how do they continue on they're locked into a room and and they're, they're praying they're trying to figure out what's their next step and all of a sudden a surprise of the Holy Spirit comes down in the middle of the room and something that just looks like fire starts to spread all over the room and it, it it helps them to then share the good news of Jesus in new languages and new ways. And, and, and they go out and start to share this good news, this timely surprise, because it just so happened to be right when everyone uh, was coming in to the town that they were in. And they were able to, to share the good news to many, many people. And it doesn't again stop there. God continues this trend. We see it with a man named uh, Saul, who was actually setting out to destroy the church. And just at the right moment, as he was on his way to Damascus, uh, Jesus surprises him, let's just say, and, and, and introduces himself to him and reminds him of some of the things that he knew in his heart but was fighting against. Uh, 
And Paul, uh, or Saul, who changes his name to Paul, uh, then goes out to share the good news of Jesus and completely blows up this thing called the church in a mighty, awesome way, uh, expanding it even further and further than what thought possible and ends up pinning a lot of the New Testament uh, that we have today. His, his work is still affecting our lives today. And it doesn't just stop with the Bible. Because generation after generation after generation, uh, God has been doing this exact same thing over and over and over again, where he enters into people's lives, their story at just the right moment and changes absolutely everything. He, he helps uh, those people who are struggling in, in so many ways. And as they continue to trust him, he, he comes in at just the right moment. I can say that he's done this multiple times in my life and, and I'm no one special. Uh, he's done this with multiple times in many people's lives in our church. I love getting to hear God's uh, stories as, as I hear people share, I was at this moment and at just the right time, God came and he changed everything. What we need to start to realize is honestly, is it's, it's not that God is late to the party. Uh, many times he is holding back for our sake. I think there's many times that God wants to come into a situation, but honestly, I think it's us who are holding back. Uh, we're not wanting quite uh, what God has for us yet, and we, we, we aren't sure that He is the best uh, for us at that moment. We are, we're pretty sure we can, we can figure out the solution in a little bit better way. So I think a lot of times those moments of not knowing uh, where God is, is many times not knowing where we're at with Him. Uh, and I think that that's something that uh, God is, is faithful in, though. He, he still is there with us, even when we are the ones being stubborn, even when we are the ones that are holding back. And just at the right moment, though, when we're finally willing to listen, when we've given up all of our other things, and we say, God, I have nothing else but you. And he says, exactly, exactly. And that's how it should always be. I'm all that you need. I am enough. And he, he brings restoration, he restores us, he, he brings healing to parts of our lives and into our physical bodies. He, 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 he does so many more things than we could ever have dreamed and imagined. Uh, and I've seen that again with my own life, but with so many people here at Sunrise, that he continues to just use in mighty big ways. There's people who say, I was this way, and then God, and now he's helping me do this amazing thing. So here's my question for you. Where in your life do you need God to show up? Where is that place that if He doesn't, everything's going to fall apart? Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe you're like, you know, hey, we're all, we're all struggling and uh, th there's, you know, the economy is going crazy right now, right? Maybe you're at a place right now where you're just like, God, I need you to come around my bills, my finances, and I need you to help me with this situation. Maybe it's with a certain relationship. Maybe it's with your spouse or a family member. Maybe it's with your kids that it just seems like every time you're together, it's just fight, fight, fight. And, and if, if God doesn't come in to change something, to change you, to change the other person, to change both of you, uh, man, it just seems like everything's going to go away. Like everything's going to fall apart. 
Maybe it's uh, with your own uh, psychological health. You just, you've been struggling with something and 2020 has not helped you with it. And it just seems like, man, I'm just decaying. I'm not going in the right direction uh, that I feel like I'm supposed to. And, and the scripture says this, but I don't know if I feel that. And I don't know if I understand that. And anxiety is kind of taking over. And every time you look at the news, it just amplifies it. Uh, but you, yeah, what, what do you do? In each of those places, I can tell you that God will be there with you. That God is there with you. And He's going to be on time. And it's not that He's ignoring you. It's not that He's walked away from you. It's not that He's forgotten about you. He's right there with you. And He's going to be on time. That His blessings are going to come at just the right time. And so the question is, what would your life look like if you started to live in a different way? Uh, I have to say that in our house, we have been going through some struggles, uh, and it, it's been a bunch of different things that have happened this year, as uh, the story I just told at the beginning. Um, but there's just been many moments this year that we've just been like, man, God, this is just crazy. I don't know how you're going to change this. I don't know how we're going to fix this. And and it was a couple months ago that all of a sudden, uh, Cheryl and I's conversation started to change around this. It was no longer just, how do we fix it? But we started to then start to give it over to God and, and, and live with uh, almost an excitement of this idea that God was going to come through. We lived with expectations that God is going to uh, come through in our life. Uh, and he did so, and he has been. And, and so a month or two ago, uh, that was kind of our conversation. Uh, and it was around finances at that time. It was just, I wonder how God's going to fix it. I wonder how God's going to do this. Because we started to look to our past and recognize that God had constantly taken care of our family over and over and over again. But in because it wasn't just finances either. It was, it was with family members that we were having a lot of problems with and and we were in a lot of disagreements and how he's restored those relationships and and we love those family members and and we were just gracious that God has uh, done that and and with other people's health and other situations and we just started tracking back how faithful God has been constantly through our life and so when it came to these issues we just kept handing it over to God and saying man we can't wait to hear uh, what you're going to do. We're excited to share your testimony. And what would it look like for you to live in that same way? To say, God, I got these problems and I'm going to start to give them over to you and live with expectations that you're going to do something, that you're going to be on time. And God, if there's things in my own life that I need to, to change, to be ready to receive whatever you have for me, God, that you would start to do that work right now that you would be uh, changing my heart right now, that you would be changing my mind, that you would be changing my habits. And I've seen God just uh, strip away addictions from people. I've seen God uh, just at the right moment change people's lives. I've seen Him change kids' lives who were headed one direction and just at just the right moment, God intersects them and reveals who He is and changes their destination, changes their legacy. He's going to do that for each one of us. He's going to do that for you. He probably has, and you haven't even uh, recognized it fully. And so the question is now, what would life look like if we lived with expectations in that same way? We live with, with excitement to say, God, I know you're going to take care of this, and so I'm just going to wait on you. 
I, I'm going to wait till you uh, reveal what you're going to do. And so uh, that takes a lot of, of, of patience. It takes a lot of time of, of holding out and waiting for God's best thing. Not trying to fix it ourselves, but giving it over to Him. What's amazing is when we do that, we start to do exactly what the angels and the shepherd men do as well. We get to uh, sit there and we get to worship with God in the, in the highest way. To live and be able to say, like Revelations 4, 8, and 11 say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Meaning God was the one who created it all. He's the one who has sustained it all, and he's the one that's going to continue it all. And he's going to do that exact same thing in each of our lives. He's the one who created you. He's the one who sustains you. And he's the one who's going to build you towards the best thing he has for you. And even though it's not to feel uncomfortable, there's going to be moments in life when we're going to feel like we're giving birth in a barn. But in the midst of that mess is Jesus. At the center of it all is Jesus. And so I want to invite you to pray with me here as we worship the God who's right on time. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much that there is not a moment, a second that has escaped you, that has caught you off guard, that has thrown you off of what you thought was going to happen. But God, each moment you, you have predestined, you have known was going to happen and God, we thank you that you are God over time. You are God over our circumstance. You are God over our problems. And so God, I pray that each person here would be able to uh, hand those situations, those places in their life, those fears, those angers, those, those everything, God, over to you. And that they would be able to live in a new reality of excitement for how you're going to come through. God, I look forward to hearing new testimonies uh, that'll come, God, from this year for what's going to happen in 2021. God, to be able to say, I was this way, then God, and now everything's different. But I pray each person, wherever they're at, they're at their home or in church right now, God, would be able to hear your voice in their heart and know that you have the best thing in store for them. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand.